I have just a taste. And uh, as a reminder, this coming week is small group week. So those of you who joined last week and no one was there, or maybe a few other people who forgot were also there, um, this is the week. And we're back on schedule now. It's every other week for a while. So this is the week, either Tuesday or Thursday, join your group. And we're going to talk about the first all of the all making disciples of all. Last time we did um, who is welcome, and basically the answer to that is all. And then who is to be involved in making the all. This week we're going to talk about all. Um, so my, my title for this, Just a Taste, is uh, Let's Be an Orchestra, Not a One-Man Band. And uh, so I have played in orchestras before, and so I'm going to use a little bit of that experience to share with you today some things about what it's like to be in an orchestra. I, I haven't ever been a one-man band um, that's a little bit harder. Has anybody here ever done a one-man band type thing where you were, you know, playing the clarinet and, I don't know, I saw some one time, somebody one time play the organ and sax at the same time, but really all they were doing was using their foot to play the pedals and play in the sax, so that doesn't really count. But um, give me the picture of the one-man band. You've probably seen something like this. And um, it's kind of fascinating it's fun to watch, right? Because they're, how, how are they doing that drum with their foot, you know, and their elbows doing something, every part of their body, maybe a harmonica and, you know, guitar. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I've never done it. It's fascinating to watch, but, and it takes a lot of talent. That's this person doing this thing. I mean, really, wow. That's, you know, rubbing your belly and patting your head is, is pretty easy compared to that. Everybody try that. Rub your belly and, and pat your head. Can you do it? Okay, well, the, what, that's, that's like one-man band simplified. So if you're going to be, you know, doing one thing with your foot and something else with your other foot and arms and elbows and everything. So it's fun to watch. It takes a lot of talent. One person is doing everything. And that's what's impressive about it. But if you've ever heard a one-man band, they're really, they don't sound very good. You, you know, they're kind of out of tune and a little bit off. And, but, you know, the one person is in control of everything, so they can, if they get off a little bit, it doesn't matter. Um, but, but that's still, they're off, right? Um, even if the musician, the one-man bander, is say this guy is, is a virtuoso on the guitar, he's really good at the guitar, his guitar is not even going to sound as good because he's distracted by the cymbals and the drums and the whatever else. He's got some kind of wind instrument there. And I don't know. It's just crazy. Um, he's distracted from the things he does do well by all this other stuff he has to do. And you can't be good at everything, right? So... A lot of churches, the traditional model of the church even, is like this one-man band. The pastor or the pastoral team, you know, the, the, the staff, whatever you want to call it, but often it's just one person, really, that everything is hanging off of, like this gentleman here. So the pastor, some people think the pastor has nothing to do 
what do you do with all your free time, you know? Uh, it's kind of like somebody asked my dad when he was pastor in a very, very small church, what do you do with all the extra money? You know, it's like, really? <laughs> extra and money don't go together when you have... Uh, anyway, uh, so the pastor, here are a few of the things the pastor is expected to do. And everything on this list I think you would expect your pastor to do. Sermon prep, they can't just get up here and blather, right? They have to be... Good in the word. Hospital visits. I have to handle the finances. So it's basically, you know, small business type thing. All the legal stuff. All the banking stuff. Um, funerals. You got to have funerals, right? Weddings. Well, that's, that's the pastor's job. Teaching. Praying. Well, they got to be, they got to be prayed up. I don't know when they're supposed to be doing that praying. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, Pastoral counseling, um, unclogging toilets, you know, facilities management. Every, you know, pastor, there's a, there's a clogged toilet. Well, okay. There's, you know, okay, I'll, I'll shut up. Uh, phone calls to those who have been missing. Those are just a few examples of the things that this pastor is expected to do, Right? The, uh, if you'd put up my, uh, my next slide of Ephesians 1, verse 22, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So the church is the body and Christ is, is, is the head of the body. That's in another verse that I'll read in a little bit. But. So give me my next image, which is of an orchestra. And this is much more, and of course it's an analogy and it can only go so far, I understand. But Jesus used analogies too, right? He called them parables, or we call them parables. Um, and this is much more like the church should be. With God as the conductor, Okay, the word or the Bible is the music. We all should be watching the music. And if you get off in the music, which always happens to everybody, you know, you have 52 measures of where you're not playing anything and you're sitting there counting the whole time and you get off somewhere, you can look at the conductor for your cue. And the conductor, he or she, will give you your cue and tell you when to come in. And... The, the conductor tells you, if you've ever watched a conductor, it looks like they're just waving their hands around, but they're really, really not. You know, there's a pattern to their one, two, three, four, or one, two, how many ever beats, you know, they're keeping everybody on. And you have to know how to read the conductor. But if you know how to read the conductor, you can tell exactly where you should be in the music. And he keeps everybody together. He or she keeps everybody on the same beat. You're not going to be, if you watch the conductor, you're not going to be on four when everybody else is on one. It's going to go together. The conductor will tell you, you know, to get big or to get small. They make faces. They make funny faces. and You can't see that because you're watching from behind, but trust me, they make faces. Um, and if you're watching, what you do is you watch the music, which is you read your Bible, and you look you always keep the conductor in 
in your peripheral vision or, or you're doing two things at once. You're watching the music and you're watching the conductor. So you need to be reading your Bible and you need to be paying attention to the leading of the Spirit. And he will tell you, if you get off, where you're supposed to be. And if we're all watching the music, and if we're all watching the conductor, if we're all reading the word, and we're all following the Spirit, what amazing music can be made. So much better than that one-man band dude that's just trying to do everything and not doing any of it as well as his talents would be. But if we have this music coming from this orchestra. Now, what you see there, I don't know if you can tell, but the woman who is in the middle kind of, it has dark, dark hair and a dress, she's the first chair, first violinist. Now, each, each section, so you have the cellos and oboes and violins, each section has a section leader. She happens to be the section leader of the first violins. And she's going to tell everybody in her section when to bow up and when to bow down. Because if you ever go to the orchestra, they should all have their bows in that section going the same way. So it's not that the conductor tells everybody every little decision. There are decisions made by people who are responsible for certain things. So there are, and, and honestly, some of those are just choices. It doesn't really matter. I mean, there, there are times it matters whether you're down bow or up bow. But a lot of times it's just whatever somebody decided. But you all have to be doing the same thing when you're in the section. Or everybody else will be going up and your bow will be going down, which is not a big deal. But then when everybody else is bowing down, yours will be going up. <laughs> and uh, that's embarrassing. Uh, so we, we will have people that are in charge responsible for, for things. And that's okay. And they're going to make decisions that sometimes we'll agree with them and sometimes we won't. And sometimes they won't even be the best. But somebody has to make a decision. So we, we say, okay, first chair is going to do that. Could be last chair, but that's not what's been chosen. So don't be surprised if in our orchestra, sometimes somebody will be in responsible for something. And they'll make a choice and you can agree with it or not. And if you don't like their bowing, you can go to them and say, why did you do this? Or, or, I don't really like this. Do we have to have it this way? And that's okay. But that person might say, you know what? I, I like it the way it was, or it's going to be too much confusion to change it. So that's okay. Because if we all have the same music, and we're all watching the conductor, the music we can make will be so much better and so much more uh, precise and effective than this one-man band. So uh, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, and in it Paul lists a group of, a list of people with uh, jobs in the body or parts of the body. And something you should know about Paul, Paul gives a bunch of lists, works of the, split, works of the flesh and gifts of the spirit and uh, fruits of the spirit. And he gives these lists, but they're really not one, two, three. They're more like this and this and this, kind of here and there, okay? So when you see a list by Paul, know that it's not an exhaustive list. It's not the only list, and they're not necessarily in any order. 
He says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You and you and you, each of you is a part of the body. First are apostles, second are prophets. You can put up my next slide. Uh, Third are teachers, then those who do miracles. There are those who have gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we, have the, do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? I would add to that, do we all have the ability to be great leaders? Um, and, and the answer is, of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. We aren't made of violins and oboes and tubas and drums, but the conductor needs us to play our part to do the things we should do wherever it is on this list. And then if you put up the, the, uh, the slide with the one-man band, we will be an orchestra and not a one-man band. 